as it is turning out, U.S. company profits were down and down big. Germany, Germany didn't avoid that recession after all. Remember the first quarter of this year, it was supposed to have begun the soft landing process. Last year, we ended with a slowdown, a slew of economic headwinds all around the world, yet we were told several crucial positive developments were going to support the global economy and keep it from, at, at least keep it from recession. The United States had a strong and resilient labor market. Apparently, companies were only in too much demand for more workers and to pay higher wages. China, China was reopening, and that was certainly going to boost economic fortunes all over the planet. Europe, Europe had avoided the worst-case energy crisis, and that was going to allow the economy to come back from the dead and slow a little bit, but then flourish throughout the rest of 2023. We start with Germany. Germany was the poster child for the electricity crisis. And by January, the fact that the mild winter in Europe had, had preserved uh, energy storage and energy stores throughout the continent meant that the worst case that everyone had feared throughout 2022 wasn't going to materialize. And because it wasn't going to materialize, the German government started to become very optimistic. I noted back in January how they said, Germany was going to skirt a recession. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz in January had uh, conducted an interview, had done an interview with Bloomberg in which he said, I'm absolutely convinced that this will not happen. Germany going into a recession. Along with China reopening, the electricity prices and prices in general starting to slow down and even reverse, especially uh, energy prices. That meant that suddenly not only were price pressures diminishing, but sentiment was also rising. Along with China reopening, it was a recipe for a renaissance. At least that's what the German government thought. And we saw this in a number of statistics. There was a minor bump in trade, especially German trade with Asia and China, and sentiment did rise, commercial as well as consumer sentiment, which suggested that as more optimism developed in the economy, as China did, did uh, did provide a little bit of a boost there. Maybe Germany and the rest of Europe could springboard from this recession risk into a soft landing and thereby head into recovery and better, hopefully with less inflation or less consumer price growth throughout the rest of this year into next year. But of course, the markets didn't buy it once at all. But even then, you could tell that the German government was celebrating a little bit too prematurely just because none of those factors had been established. They were all more hope and optimism and emotion than actual rational analysis. And to give you a sense of what I mean with that, here's a related article that was printed in Bloomberg again back in January that basically sums up what had become conventional, well, it's not wisdom, but quote-unquote wisdom. Germany is starting 2023 with brighter prospects than could have been expected just a few weeks ago. This is in no small part due to unusually warm weather, which helped cut consumption of natural gas and all but eliminated the risk of disruptive shortages over the winter. But it does not necessarily follow that having avoided the electricity crisis that everybody was really afraid of, that somehow meant that Germany and the, or all of Europe or all the rest of the world had avoided recession or even some of the some of the more 
severe downside cases. We got data today which shows that Germany did in fact experience a recession at the end of last year that continued into this year. And the real bad news here, along with U.S. corporate profit numbers uh, that went with the GDP report for the first quarter, this is all first quarter stuff. This is before we even get to really Silicon Valley Bank, Credit Suisse, the banking crisis and the fallout from it in terms of a credit crunch as well as now we're seeing a reverse in sentiment. So before we even get to the rest of the year, the soft landing started out way, way too hard to begin with. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodollar University, we have memberships available where we talk all about the Eurodollar system, the monetary system, and how it impacts the global, global economy as well as global financial markets. Research subscriptions are available. I do a partnership with MarketsInsiderPro.com. That's Stephen Van Meter, Tracy Schuchart. I contribute a daily briefing where we go over the day's macroeconomic developments as well as what's going on in curves and markets. And of course, the deep dive analysis where I dive deep every day into these topics, money and macro, how macro affects money and how money affects macro, what, what's going on today and what it might mean for tomorrow. All the information about memberships as well as research subscriptions, eurodollar.university. It's, it's difficult to overstate how important China reopening was to a lot of the optimism in these other parts of the world, Germany in particular. And this is one reason why we watch German, the German economy so closely, not just because it's a central engine in Europe, but more so because it is a global hub of economic and financial activity that connects Germany with all parts of the rest of the world, but in particular China. The Germans do a lot of trade with China, and if the Germans aren't doing very well, that might be something about Europe and Germany, but it also might mean something about China, Asia, and that part of the world too. By one estimate, German trade with China is up to about a quarter trillion euros every year. So China, uh, Germany is heavily exposed to the Asian conditions, and Asian conditions are often exposed to Eurodollar conditions. So German government came out and said, we, the electricity crisis, we didn't, we didn't suffer the worst case. Uh, sentiment is absolutely rising. And our most favorite customer, the Chinese, despite all of the political problems, Russia, Ukraine, all that stuff, the Chinese economy is finally being reopened. The future is absolutely bright in this part of Europe, this part of the world, because of the rest of the world is about to experience the uplift that will keep the entire global economy from recession, put us right into a soft landing, no more consumer price pressures, no more producer price pressures, at the same time, no recession either. But as it turned out, as we know, after the German government, almost as soon as the German government issued its report saying they were gonna skirt recession, markets started to bet against China in particular. Uh, I've talked about CNY and JPY, also commodity prices later in January into February, which, as I keep bringing up recently, those continue to go lower and lower and lower. So what began as just disappointment over China reopening, not living up to its, its hype, has become even worse as we move into the second quarter. So keep that in mind that the economy that we're going to talk about in the first quarter hasn't even met worse problems into the second quarter just yet. 
So we got German GDP numbers, which were pretty uh, not good. Let's just put it that way. In the fourth quarter, after several revisions, uh, the government officials now admit that GDP, real GDP in the fourth quarter was down 0.537%. That's, that's from the third quarter, but that's at a quarterly, quarterly rate. So GDP was down 2.1% on an annual rate in the fourth quarter. So ended last year about the way that you would expect with a sub substantial contraction in output. The first quarter was originally thought to have been flat, but now they say, no, it was actually a pretty sizable negative too. In the first quarter, according to the latest estimates, uh, the updated numbers, GDP fell by 0.335%, which is a 1.3% annual rate, and is now down 0.3% year over year. So a substantial contraction developing over the six month period that began November, October and November, right when the curves all changed, including, as I mentioned yesterday, Uriber and forward interest rates. The markets picked up on what wasn't just mild slowdown heading toward a soft landing, the beginning of what really looks to be a globally synchronized recession, a globally synchronized deflationary recession. The deflation part, that's the part that's coming in the second quarter and beyond. But we've got the recession in Germany already, and we're starting to see the fallout from both the recession as well as the failure of China reopening and the fact that avoiding the electricity crisis didn't actually support the economy as advertised. All of those sentiment indicators that had turned positive, suddenly they're turning negative too. I'll give you a couple examples here. The ZEW, which had peaked back in February at plus 28.1, which was came back from the depths of severe negatives last year. So you could see, again, rising sentiment. You can, you can understand why the German government had turned more optimistic. They should have consulted the marketplace still. But since February, the ZEW measure of commercial sentiment has now faded back to minus 10.7 as of May. So almost a 40-point drop March, April, and May. The IFO is another one, uh, the Business Climate Index, which uh, that came out just yesterday. That one, that one started to roll over March into April, though April was still higher than it was in March, but then down pretty substantial again in May. The, climate, the overall climate index was 93.4 in April and then fell to 91.7 in the latest data. Because of the expectations number, which was 91.7 in April down to 88.6 in May. So even if there was a positive contribution from sentiment in Germany and Europe, even if there was something meaningful about that rise in positive sentiment, that appears to be done anyway, because globally synchronized recession with no China reopening to rescue anybody leaves us in a much worse shape. Plus we've got the fallout from March and April. We also have to look at what's going on in the United States. The U.S. put out its second, uh, second estimates of GDP for the first quarter, too, which means the preliminary estimates for the first quarter corporate profits. Now, if the U.S. labor market is as robust as has been advertised, certainly by uh, central bankers and economists, as well as the media, then you would expect businesses in the United States to be doing really well. If they have all this demand for all this labor, it must be because their businesses are booming. 
You get the BEA and its GDP numbers, these corporate profit series in particular, suggest something else entirely. Uh, corporate profits from current production, which as the name says, this is sort of the, the profit measure that tells us about how businesses are performing in their businesses before we get into a bunch of accounting adjustments. Um, Corporate profits from current production, those were already weak heading into the second half of last year. They were down 0.2% at an annual rate in the third quarter from the second quarter. Got even worse in the fourth quarter, minus 7.8% quarter over quarter annual rate. In the first quarter, in this key economic measure, minus 19% quarter over quarter annual rate to begin in the first three months of 2023. Not exactly the sort of soft landing start that you would expect, nor is it consistent with the idea that businesses, like the January payroll report suggested, are falling all over themselves to hire. If their profits for from current production are falling at a 20% or near 20% annual rate, the last thing they're gonna be doing is loading up on more workers. Instead, you take the bigger picture view, uh, the top-down look, the longer-term view of the labor statistics, including the hours being cut in the CES survey, that's more in line with what we see with corporate profits, corporate profits that are sinking maybe quickly. Um, the various other corporate profit estimates, there's corporate profit or corporate net cash flow. Corporate net cash flow was doing really well in the third quarter, up to almost 27% quarter over quarter annual rate. That slowed way down in the fourth quarter because, of course, to just 1.3%, which is when we start to see hours worked become start really rolling over and not necessarily contracting, but at least flattening out. And then the first quarter of 2023, corporate net cash flow minus 5.8%, quarter over quarter annual rate. Corporate profits after tax, those have been down pretty substantial in all of the three quarters I'm mentioning Third quarter of last year, minus 18.6%. Fourth quarter, minus 21.5%. First quarter, another 8.2%. Again, all annual rates. So by every single way we can slice up U.S. corporate profits, hiring a lot of workers doesn't make any sense here. In fact, it would make more sense if businesses were actually cutting them, which we know they were because we heard at least stories in the tech sector and the services industries about layoffs and job cuts. The fact that the uh, BLS's uh, various employment numbers, other than maybe ours, uh, haven't caught up to the profit numbers, I think is a matter of time. Because if companies aren't making profits, as you, I mean, basic intuitive economics here, small e economics, if companies aren't making profits, they're not going to be wildly adding to their costs by adding workers. And yes, these are aggregate numbers and it might vary for each individual industry, but by and large, when you see corporate profits sinking at rates like this and it is on a sustained basis, that tells you something important about the economic climate. And that's another point here. The, the, the persistence, the prolonged nature of what is a rolling over and turning lower of corporate profits and business fortunes because Companies are willing to ride out a couple months, maybe a quarter, maybe two quarters of a soft patch of a slowdown. But if it keeps going lower and keeps getting worse and there is no sign of it turning around, 
that's when they really start to amp, ramp up their adjustments. That's when they really start to take a hard look at their cost. And that's when they really start to act out in all of the recession processes that we're familiar with. That's what we're seeing here. Companies were willing to say, okay, second half of 2022, it's a slowdown. There's some headwinds. There's a lot of uncertainty. But we've got some positive stuff to look forward to. Maybe consumer price pressures come down. Commodity prices and material prices have absolutely come down. So maybe that will help out. Maybe these labor market statistics will actually prove their worth this time, even though they never have before. Maybe there really will be some economic strength. Maybe this really will be a soft landing. But then the first quarter turns out to be another, and maybe in, it, certainly in terms of profit from per current production, an even bigger loss on corporate bottom lines. Suddenly, plus, you know, you got the March banking crisis, credit crunch, which companies are absolutely feeling, and it becomes a completely different story. What was once a soft landing supported by a bunch of good business, the entire thought process behind the soft landing gets thrown out the window. The first quarter was a lot worse than anyone had expected, not just here, but around the rest of the world, which does have an impact because this is globally synchronized. China reopening completely fails. And almost, I mean, right, almost right from the start, Europe never really rebounded. Germany was in recession the whole time. All of these things come together and it changes the way businesses start thinking. So where they might have been willing to hold on, despite some shaky profits, maybe declining profits, they're going to become less and less willing to do so as it, as it, as it becomes clear that there are only negative factors, not just in the current economy, but moving forward. That the idea that we can just hang on here for some kind of rebound later in the year becomes less and less and less likely. It becomes more and more just what the markets had reported. So Germany was supposed to have avoided a recession. The U.S. economy is supposed to be resilient because of a labor market that companies are only too willing to, to hire new workers and pay them more. When the data shows, the hard data shows, not much of that had, had ever happened. And that's even before we get again to March and April. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers, MarketsInsiderPro.com subscribers, and of course, our Eurodollar University members. Until next time, take care.